Today's podcast is part two of two in our discussion on forgiveness. If you missed last week, you can pick it up on any of the podcast outlets. But this conversation does stand on its own, so feel free to enjoy this alone. Thanks very much. You know, we're all on the same page when it when it comes to the. Um, I'm going to use a you know a 25 cent word here to the alterity that is mm-hmm. slavery, right? It's mm-hmm. extreme otherness. The thing, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's it's distance from our everyday, our current everyday lives. Like just as Stephen said, you ain't fucking seen no slavery. Like it's right. just the, right. the like the like the 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 just the the irreparable event mm-hmm. that was. Uh, institutionalized and industrialized slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, factories, the first factories were the processing of slaves' bodies. Those were the right. first factories. The first time the Enslaved word factory people, was yes. used mm-hmm. was to, to process. So again, the just the sheer inhumanity of it is, right. is really barely conceivable. So full stop. It definitely gets used in a way that is not, it doesn't feel to me like an authentic gesture to deal with the complexity of that event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is, it is a way to shorthandle one's moral righteousness to rhetorically speak out against, um, you know, for you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, et cetera, et cetera, social media, hand claps and eye rolls and all the rest of it. Um, you know, the memes around that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, even uh, especially amongst, I mean, I know that neither Seth nor I and or Steven is no longer associated with the Academy, at least not currently, but mm-hmm. especially amongst our colleagues or, you know, our, our former colleagues, if we were still teaching at universities, like, the for them it is their 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 rhetoric around whiteness and blackness and all the rest of it um is is not at all connected to how much they've thought about the difficulty or complexities of that mm. issue and its current mm. effects and to bring it full circle i think is absolutely connected to secular society's inability to deal with history. Mm. It it just, history is only something that for secular society can be relived and relitigated. It's not something that it seems very well equipped to move past. And, and other large scale traditions seem to have mechanisms for that. I'm sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, I was just thinking about what you said. And it occurred to me that there are, um, the prison, the prison industrial complex, the way people are treated, mm-hmm. um, immigrants or migrants are treated. There are a number mm-hmm. of things that are definitely signifiers of that experience, you know. So it's you. I think that they're the tools, but they need not, to, to I, I understand think not the same, it. No. Well, I'm not. I, I'm not. It doesn't map on completely. What I'm trying to get at is that I think it's. I thought it might be have to be a sort of quantum leap in the brain to to develop to be able to really process that kind of information, but also. To go back to the earlier point about forgiveness, there's no mechanism that I can recognize in this culture where forgiveness is seen as valuable. Mm-hmm. So those are the two mm-hmm. things I'm thinking about. So one, there are things that are happening contemporaneously around 
I mean, Amazon, fucking Amazon. I mean, it's no, it's not mm. slavery, but uh, it's a, it's a form of slavery. It's definitely a form of de- denigration for those workers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, a, a direct suppressing of their ability to advocate for their own rights. So there's mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then I think, again, like I said, I mean, I would like to, because I, th- I was thinking about what you said about the whole, um, the mechanisms that exist in religious um, doctrine around forgiveness. It's like, well, how could that be enacted in our culture now? And I'm not sure how. Mm. I know that it it probably happens more in, in small ways, maybe in small ch- communities and churches. But again, it's the, you can't believe what Trump did today. He wrote on his blog. He's back in the news. Have you guys seen this? Like the, the, the number of news articles are starting to tick up There's about some, him again? Right, because he... Have you guys- he because he is selling news. CNN lost like, a chunk of yes. our audience. And so, yes, that well, is fucking exactly find what something else to report on. That is Why exactly Why are you giving right. him this yep. again? We learned yep. this lesson already. Now we've got Lauren, I mean, not Lauren, what was the, the three-name woman, Marjorie yeah, Green Taylor? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, so just stop giving them press. What? I know. I they know, are I hungry know. for I didn't, I didn't mean to sidetrack you. I just, I... I oh, no, no, no. I, yeah. No, I'm just trying to figure out what elements could exist right now that could be used to to better understand the history of this country. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I have to say, I, I feel like I, I feel like you hit upon one of the limitations. Like I would, I mean, it's, it would take the conversation in a different direction. We can do it some other time. Mm-hmm. But I think, it, I think that to reach for slavery as an explanation for workers' rights mm-hmm. really does a disservice to the enormity of the institution of slavery and the dis- and the discrepancy between the two. Like one of the key differences in the 21st century is that you can be anonymous if you are a non-white body. For most of human history, you didn't have access to anonymity. You would have been singled out, stared at, looked at, you know, and there is there are remnants of that I would give you. Here's a perfect example of where I think the anonymity thing is such a key aspect. Stop and frisk. Stop and frisk robs you of your anonymity as a mm. non-white person, right? A non-white male, right? So particularly mm. black and brown. So mm-hmm. that th- you no longer get to be anonymous. Now you have to be searched and and questioned by the police. Anonymity is one of the great gifts of cosmopolitan society. You get to go out amongst people and not give a fuck about the other people. Like right, right, right. this is I know, you know, in the, in the, in the 20th century people were like you know, this was something that people were ha- wringing their hands about all the time. Like, oh, someone cried in New York for five days and no one answered or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I don't even know if those things are real. But anonymity is wonderful. I mean, it's one of the reasons why uh, it's very popular amongst uh, expats from the Eastern Soviet blocs. When they mm-hmm. move to, the, if when they immigrate to the United States, they want to be, like, they want to live in places like Lancaster. Like, they want to get, like, out mm-hmm. away from the big city, like they want anonymity. Anonymity is is a wonderful thing. Yet it is. We and it's it's manifestly different than what life would have been like for a black body during slavery. It's just not even the same. It, they're well, just not. You know, I'm not really. Ar- I'm not really arguing for that. I'm just I trying know to you're figure not. out I the know, ways. I, and, right, and so, and I don't even need, think I'm, that slavery needs to be defended like that, like you're doing. I think we get it. 
But I was thinking that it was a... But we don't because this is the shorthand that's used in social media, not by you. You were just, you know, you were just kind of an easy way into that comment. But mm-hmm. that is definitely, when you scroll through your social media feed that you dislike as, as probably as much as I do, like, you, you <laughs> it's, this is what is done regularly. It is, sh- it is the so, performance of the, so I'm sorry. It can't be, so what, what, God, I, I'm about to say something very interesting <laughs> that the language is going to be. I don't want slavery to be too precious that we can't get to it. So that's why I'm not sure if, I have to think about what you're saying about the shorthand part of it, but it needs to, it needs to be parsed and, and, and touched. And I think that one of the, one of the beloved, the book by Toni Morrison does that in a very personal way. But it can't be the only book. Mm-hmm. It can't be the only film. It can't be the only thing. So I'm thinking about these things mm. in um, in collaboration to, um, wow, wow, now I'm at this other thing, this other thought, which is the slavery need to be acknowledged and or remembered and how? Well, and, it's, and what are the tools? Right. That's well, what I said. Thank you for right. making me think that. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to say that I had a kind of visceral response to the analogy that you drew, Stephen, uh, between uh, slavery or kind of the kind of sort of sort of indentured servitude that mm-hmm. um, you could argue is happening for some Amazon workers, some. Um, I had that response to it. I was like, well, we can't really make that analogy, and that seems rather. It seems yeah, li- maybe, yeah, or or, or rather, uh, or, or rather unfair um, um, to to what actually happened, from what we can tell, um, in the institution of slavery. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also take your point that you don't want it to be slavery to be so precious that um, we can't draw. F- uh, now we can't draw, we can't make allusions to it when we see certain practices being enacted now. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm agnostic about this. I haven't made up my mind yet, but mm-hmm. I want to kind of thread this back to the theme of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Can is, I, can I just mm-hmm. salt that with one thing? We don't mm-hmm. have to do that because there are current historical examples. They're just not fashionable to talk about. I'm not saying this is mm-hmm. not pointed at you, Stephen. The Uyghurs in China, mm-hmm. that's fucking slavery. I mean, that's oh, right. educate, like the, the, yes. that, that There are places on earth oh, right, right now where those conditions right. are much closer. They're a much closer analog to what, maybe not to quite to the scale. But so anyway, but I'm sorry. So, no, so that's please right. continue. No, that's a good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. But in fact, there's, it reminds me of a, a piece I read, a long read. I read a couple, maybe a year or two ago about a, a, a guy. I want to say he lives in like DC or Delaware or something. And mm-hmm. he wrote this long confessional about how his family kept a slave. And I want to say he's like oh. from, not the Philippines, but somewhere like that. Like, mm. like I want to say, like oh, it was like okay. American, yeah. American Samoa or something like mm. that. I know, the, I know the people, and maybe Southeast Asian. I maybe Southeast Asian. Mm. I know that the people are brown, and I know that this that he inherited inherited. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm, doing this I'm doing this. I'm doing the scare quotes, y'all. <laughs> inherited. This slave from his mother's generation, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's really all about how this woman's life, like, sort of worked out yeah. given that 
relationship they had, and he didn't know, he didn't realize until he was an adult in his, I think, 30s, or 20s or 30s, that this was the case. And when he realized it, it made him go on this sort of fact-finding mission. Mm-hmm. That realization spurred him on to do that and then write this story up. Um, it, it, you can, it's, it, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's easily Googleable. It's something like, mm-hmm. I found out that my family had a slave and, uh, mm-hmm. anyway. Snakes on a plane title for the story. <laughs> That's exactly what I went. Right. I went, I was like, on something <laughs> sensational, vibrating off the page, screaming headline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no fair, fair. Um, but to get back to our to our theme, um, I like the idea, Stephen, you articulated around forgiveness wherever it happens in our culture. It mm-hmm. isn't as value, valued as it needs to be, but it is important. It is yeah. actually mm-hmm. putting something in our metabolism right. that, um, mm-hmm. that we would be poor for if it were not there. Um, mm-hmm. and I oh, like, I think so. What? Oh, I was just, I agree with you. I, I think so. We would be poor for it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like, I like that. I mean, it's, I, I, I want to think of it as sort of a sort of, um, yeah. I mean, if we, if we lack those omega three oils, um, somewhere in our metabolism, we're not able to mm-hmm. live as long or our bones aren't as strong or our sight isn't as sharp mm-hmm. or that sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but to get back to this notion that there is art that helps get us to the place where we can at least articulate what has happened and acknowledge it, mm-hmm. and that might be a step towards getting us to forgive. Um, I want to ask you guys personally whether there's ever been a moment in your life where you've been seriously wronged by someone, and you've gone away and you've experienced something we can call aesthetic or art and that's helped you make sense of that Mm. moment Mm, great question Mm. travis you haven't said anything Uh, would you like to say something (laughs) 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 i've been waiting to do that for a minute i'm like that was right in the pocket yeah (laughs) um so i um yes and no uh so no in that it there's no clear one to one correlation between someone wronging me seeing something provoking you know the the motivation to forgive and then doing that what i can definitely say is that art particularly poetry for me has absolutely increased the size and square footage of the space in my brain that can make room for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that there is a place that is, is appointed and furnished and kept alive by art that I can use and have used and probably will continue to use mm-hmm. uh, to help me forgive others and myself Right. Cause it's a pretty important part too. Cause I've clearly have wronged other people as well. And I've also, mm-hmm. um, I too am a sinner, you know, and I mean, in this kind mm-hmm. of way, like in a sort of confessional way, it's just true. I have done, there's all kinds of shitty things I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, it, I would, I would, so that, that's my, my nuanced answer to it. So yes, maybe probably not directly 
um, in that way, but, but certainly it contributes to it. Mm. Mm. So similarly, I can't think of one correlation, one match, but it's mainly been literature for me to better understand American character. And I honed in on, mm. on Christianity in my brain. Mm. And I thought mm. the more I read, um, what I call, um, what, what is it I call it? Vagabond literature, mm-hmm. which encompasses the beats and people who travel from one place to another with that sense of anonymity you spoke about. Mm-hmm. You can just go get a job at a factory. Gail Jones has a character and Eva's man like that. So something about this idea of not being tethered down to a particular ideology or, or town helped me breathe better. And also gave me some insights about the people who have invested in a particular um, religion or a particular dynamic around, um, you know, middle class life. It helped me mm-hmm. become more sense. It helped me breathe better because of the kind of person I am. But it also helped me think I can understand that. I don't have to be abused by it or be, you know, be trapped by it as an idea. But I can understand it better. And so that's that's what literature largely has done for me. It's it's it's. The person's in the room, the actual person, and then the literature's there. And I go, oh, I think I get what you're saying better now because you're not the narrator. You're not the omniscient um, you know, character. You're just the person talking. And you may be talking about something that means a lot to you, but I need some other context to better understand you. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And literature's done that for me. Repeatedly. What about you, sir? As you guys were talking, I was trying to think of, first of all, who I felt... I most needed to forgive in my life, and that's probably my father. And then yeah, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've rehearsed that my, situ- my relationship with him a lot on the podcast. I think that I would probably... I, I, maybe I need more time to think about this, but I think I, right now that I'd end up where... In this sort of place where uh, Travis has carved out, which mm-hmm. is to, which is essentially that literature and poetry have allowed me to get to a space. And no, actually, no, actually, this it is true. It is true that literature and poetry has, has given me a more elastic spirit. Hmm. Okay. But I want to say, actually, it's more about my lived experience being Mm. able, giving me the wherewithal to forgive my father. I think, especially seeing him this last time when I was down in Jamaica for my mom's funeral Mm -hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I saw him and... It's time, right? It's time and age. Like he's 76, mm. 77 now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, sh- he's shrunken, right? Yeah. Like yeah. he's, he's, I'm yeah. taller than him. Like, uh, he moves slower. He, he, mm-hmm. you know, kind of has to sort of push himself mm-hmm. up off the, the seat when he gets up. Mm-hmm. He's not, um, He's not that person that used to tower over me and and hit me with his belt whenever he wanted to, right? Like right. he's not that person who 
has anything to say to me about the ambitions I have for my life or where I live or who I live mm-hmm. with, that's, mm-hmm. me- that's at all meaningful to me anymore. And, and, and I think it's that reduction in the sort of power imbalance that mm-hmm. has made it possible for me to just not see him as this pernicious force. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can just, it, that experience helps me essentially comfort the inner child in me and say to him, when you witnessed this thing when you were 12 or when you went through this thing when you were 13 or when you hurt in the way that you were when you were 14, mm-hmm. like I can tell that that version of myself is okay. You're going to survive. Mm-hmm. You're actually going to get to the point in your life where you'll thrive and it will be much, much better than it is now. That mm. helps me forgive. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's really it's really moving actually, mm-hmm. and something that um, you know when we were talking about forgiveness and it drifted towards anything that was you know personal or anecdotal. I, I certainly thought of you and your father, and that's first person I thought of. Yeah, what you you know have kind of worked through and worked with uh, for decades now, um, and it uh, just now when you were talking about it, it. Uh, it uh, caused me to remember, do you guys know this idea of amor fati? So this love of fate, which is kind of, it's a Christian, uh, mm. uh, it's a Christian notion that you essentially, or Catholic really specifically, that you, uh, because of all of the terrible things that ever have ever happened in the history of the world, the fall from the garden, you know, the fall from grace, et cetera, et cetera, being cast out from the garden, are forgiven because it gave the world uh, Christ. Mm. So right. Nietzsche, Nietzsche picked this up and really ran with it. And and so this is a great example of someone who a secular uh, thinker who did some work on you know the not necessarily specifically about forgiveness, but in the ingredients to make forgiveness possible. Um, and. And that is part of it, right? Is that you would not wish that your life were any other way. That, that you know, in spite of the whippings and the indifference and that awful story about, you know, like touching your father's face when you were a mm-hmm. small boy and having right. him slap your hand away and the Im- immense amount of pain and hurt that went along with that. Yet here you are. You know, and 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 this life that you have appointed for yourself, that you can take real pride in, and allows you to stretch your legs and your mind in ways that are um, exciting and and graceful. Mm-hmm. All of that is because your father was a total fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, and you can't pull those things apart very easily. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's. It's a, mm. Mm. it's a fucked up universe, man. Mm. <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, mm. uh, yeah. So yeah. What, what was it? Some, I know you're going to say something, Stephen, but just a quick mm. quip. What does they say? Flowers grow in shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, uh, yeah. Well that you're quoting me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That was an email. No, no, no. That's I don't funny. mean I'm the only person that's ever said that. But we had a, we had an email exchange around that um, mm. with Lawrence, 
uh, uh, years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. You, what were you going to say, Stephen? Oh, so no, just thinking about this. I may have mentioned this. I'm sure that I mentioned this on the podcast before is that I want to enjoy everything in my life. Not just the stuff that is enjoyable. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're making me pull, not pull it apart, but just, I, because I think there's something around presence that matters. Mm. And I love memory. I think it's amazing. I just don't want to live there, you know, um, mm. and, or use it as an excuse for bad behavior. Mm. I was abused, so now you must be abused. None mm. of that. Mm. No, it's like, yeah. no, if anything, it stops with me, you know, break the right. generational curse. Right. Um, but yeah, sure. I thought about it. And I was like, so how, how, I've heard that before, you know, the, um, all these things made you an amazing person, you know, <laughs> I've heard it all my life with different people who have succeeded over really, um, succeeded over adversity that I was like, fuck, I don't know how you did it either. But, um, but I always wince a bit when I go, when I hear that, I go, uh, well, we're on the other side of the book now. <laughs> so we, this is, it's a convenient way to see it. That's mm. what I'm thinking. Mm. So I, I, I think it's the only way to and see not a bad it way. on the other side of the book. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, uh, you're of course right though. Many, I mean, many breathing. stories don't, yeah, don't end this way. Precisely. Many stories right. are just shit with no flowers. Right. And, and, and so, <laughs> right. so that, that's a lot, that's a lot of, or, or you are just the shit for someone else's flower. Like right. I right. get it. That makes that, that makes it very, very, very difficult to, to have that be a, a handle for helping with things mm -hmm. when you're in the midst of it. I, I get it. I, but I, I don't disagree with but, it. I just wanted to issue that because I'm a little less of yeah, that of than I right. am. I'm more of, oh, well, okay, I'm going to get up and, you know, do this now, that kind of thing, <laughs> because I have that option, because I have that privilege to do that. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, aware yeah. of it. And and privilege, not in the sense that economic privilege or or male privilege, I'm thinking because I thought because I have this perspective. I think that psychologically is what is what I take right. you to mean. Like you, mm -hmm. like you, yeah. you know, you've yeah. But like Travis, I want to tell people what it is I'm thinking and why. <laughs> 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 Let me preface this by saying preface. No, <laughs> that's funny. That's the very that is the very Travis now, mood. Let, let me now you're let just me being, preface now you're this by saying <laughs> because I would challenge him and say just say what you got to say, but. I understand your perspective. You were, you know, you want people to know what you think, yeah, and that you, you know, and yeah. I think that's cool. You know, that's fidelity, you know, to yeah. what you want to say. So I was like, oh, I get it, I get it now, yeah, for sure. See, so what mm -hmm. what you've just provided me is I was holding back from qualifying what I had said before, but now I feel like I can, I can like <laughs> let go a little bit. Like I did not mean I coined the term that flowers grow and shit. I meant that Seth but was reaching back to an earlier like, conversation. No, I would love yeah, right. if you just landed no, exactly. on. Yes, I did but, say it. Yes, but of course I no was. Qualification. I was sitting. No, just I was sitting here like uncomfortably going like, oh, like I hope people don't think I. Th <laughs> it makes you a great thinker. It makes you a compassionate thinker. It makes you a clear thinker. You want to be understood like this, right? Like, so yeah, you're I, like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You're like the white yeah. conscience of Kanye West that he just doesn't have. You're like, oh the, my God. wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna let you finish. But <laughs> I'm not gonna let you finish. <laughs> That's at the end of that. I'm not gonna let you finish. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. Um, 
Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that seems like a pretty natural go go out on some laughs, yeah, yeah. some yucks. For so, sure. Um, so, as always, I, of course, I appreciate the conversation and all. We'll talk to you guys next week. Awesome. Yes. Take Indeed. care. Bye bye. Ciao.